0: I'll blow. I'll do the fingering. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bird, it's not a plane. It's Superhero slay It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's Superhero slay oh.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news.
0: We love T V movies and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this is our surprise spoilercast for Alien Covenant. <laughs> surprise, surprise. We went and saw this movie. Uh not on Thursday night releases, which I think is when we try to go to most of these movies. Yeah, I think we, I, we both casually saw this on a Saturday, right?
1: Saturday afternoon, yeah. walk in, uh, while it's daylight, walk out, still daylight, one of those yeah. of movies.
0: Casual viewing experience.
1: Yeah, and we definitely did not announce this last week. I mean, I think we talked about it, but like, you know, it, it's it's a running joke in the show if you listen to the regular sh- episodes where I, I tell, try to confuse Mike even more when these <laughs> alien movies all line up. He got so flustered... Before we started the show, he messed up our intro on this. So <laughs> it, it, the timeline is really boiling like his blood right now. He doesn't know what's happening.
0: Well, no, it's boiling the android milk inside of me. Uh, so uh, I'm slowly turning into cream or whatever happens to milk when you boil it. I don't really know, man. Uh, <laughs> but um, I I, th- I, f- I feel like this is going to be the first movie where we're mainly gonna we're gonna talk a little bit. I think about the quality of the film. But honestly, I just need to bounce off ideas. Because I need to understand where this timeline is, what's going on. There's so many different ways you can make aliens now, and it's just it's just really confusing. So we're just gonna we're gonna hash this out. We're gonna figure it out. We're gonna try to get to some sort of point in this where we can figure out that the next alien movie is gonna make any sense. Cause what's the next one called? Alien?
1: There's he, there's no official name. Uh, it's it's not. I think you just take the name Alien out of this franchise. <laughs> and just call it whatever he wants uh th- this one was originally called Prometheus or not prometheus like uh, paradise lost no oh. um uh, but he's been naming them after the ships prometheus was a ship covenant was the ship so i think the third one will be the ship again
0: all right gotcha uh, so it,
1: it, just for an alien the ship was not called alien so <laughs> it, it, for those who who might be confused by that now, <laughs> so
0: alien alien So this is obviously the spoiler cast. So if you haven't Mm -hmm. seen the movie yet, um, you know, be prepared. But I honestly, I think this might be kind of one of those franchises where some people just don't even care if they get spoiled too much. Uh, Because just for the record, I haven't (laughs) seen I haven't seen Alien Three or Four. You know, apparently a lot of people will tell you that's not a big deal because the the, it's Alien and Aliens. Those are kind of the. watershed moments for the franchise you know where you kind of get the iconic stuff they're just overall really great movies you know one of them is iconic James Cameron movie the other one is just you know a really good sci-fi horror movie you know really Scott you know kind of classic filmmaking right there Uh, like 79 kind of old uh, depending on where you consider old movies cutting off so um, yeah so uh, uh, Chris uh, I have no idea what you think about this movie so uh, let's talk about it
1: (laughs) Um, to be straight up honest, forgettable. Um, <laughs> I'm sitting here trying to remember what I saw yesterday, and I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't really remember too much. Uh, we did, I, I did at least, and you did too, we watched Prometheus this week beforehand mm-hmm. to get ready for this. And um, I think this is a good sequel to that. It does follow up well with Prometheus. But on the whole, um, my my take going forward is, Alien movies are no longer about the aliens. Uh, uh-huh. They're actually more about the androids. Yes. Like the the true villain is Michael Fassbender, and uh-huh. and while I can't fault it for that he's a great actor, he played two roles in this movie very well, and you could tell them apart. Like even though he is the same person, uh, I think I think he did a great job. I just think the 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 title Alien um, is no longer applicable to what's uh-huh. going on here. So uh-huh. uh, other than that, I mean, I didn't I didn't hate it. I just kind of meh uh i'm glad it did not it does not play out the same way the trailers present it. um you know they present like oh they land on the planet they find the aliens they get infected like prometheus did uh-huh. that's how the trailer looks like but in the actual movie it doesn't happen like that hardly at all so uh i, I was pleasantly surprised to
0: um see the the trail of events unfold differently uh-huh. so um uh,
1: that, that's my take on it mike what, what about you
0: Well, I think the the best way to sum it up is when the credits start of the roll usually what I do is I I pop open my phone and I Google real quick if there's an end credit scene because I need to know if I need to stick around. You know, for a Marvel movie or a DC movie, I usually know ahead of time but, you know, this is a movie that's really not uh, on my radar so much so I Google it. Oh, okay. Gotta see if there's an end credit scene and then when you start to Google a movie nowadays like automatically they just start throwing Rotten Tomato scores at you even whether you want them or not and I think I saw it like sitting around like 71% and I was just like you know what that seems that seems about right you know i think it's not it's not horrible you know i it's definitely better than prometheus but i mean when you compare it to the other stuff in in the alien franchise uh like the good ones like one and two it, it doesn't really quite reach up to that i mean there's some there's some cool science fiction in it uh there's some cool kind of gore effects um there's some heavily CGI'd alien scenes uh, that are that look good and there's some that look bad. So it, <laughs> there's just kind of this uh, combination there of just good things and bad things. So it, it kind of lands in this mediocre spot. And I think forgettable is a really good way to put it. So, you know, if you just want to go ahead and jump straight to the ending and and drop down spoilers, you know, when David ends up taking over the Covenant at the very end and he's kind of the mastermind and basically all the souls on the ships, their fates are kind of sealed because David's in control. You know, the movie kind of all wraps up, you know, into a, a, a scenario where all of the humans basically don't necessarily matter. It's hard for me to imagine the next movie, even if it does come right off the heels of this movie, that any of these characters are still going to be alive. I, like, I, I can't imagine – what's her name? Daniels? Daniels. I can't imagine her somehow getting out of that pod in seven years and just, like, being able to escape. I, like, I feel like all of these humans are already fucked before they even wake up.
1: Well, well so uh, there is um, – you know, on that, on that regard, there are some prequel videos for this that take place between Prometheus and this. Mm -hmm. Um, that they don't actually use in the footage, or in the thing. I think there's one where they show the crew getting, you know, partying and hanging out and showing kind of more James Franco's role before Uh he's turned into toast uh, in the yeah. scene.
0: <laughs> I didn't even know James Franco was in this movie because I tried to keep this low on my radar because it was actually kind of fun going into this movie not knowing a whole lot that was happening I think I'd only maybe seen one and a half trailers for it so since James Franco since when you first see him in that pod get crispified like his face is kind of masked in that kind of sock that head sock so I didn't really know who he was there and then when later she's looking at his photo I was just like <laughs> I was like, is that James Franco? And then she hits play on the video, and I was like, oh, that's James Franco. I guess he's just more, like, cameoing in the movie. But mm-hmm. I guess, yeah, like you said, he had a bigger part that I, I guess was either cut or just added for uh, yeah, I th- YouTube.
1: I, th- <laughs> I think it was cut, and then they just turned out, like, the bigger scenes into something different. Because there's scenes filmed with uh, Noomi Rapace, Rapace. I
0: don't I know how Rap- to say her name. I think it's Rapace.
1: Yeah, uh, who was Shaw in Prometheus, um, showing what happened immediately after Prometheus that she rebuilt david back and like oh really they were flying the ship yeah and it ends with her going into a sleep pod and david's like i'll wake you you know you know whenever we get there at the engineer's world well he gets to the engineer's world and what do we see in the movie he destroys them all (laughs) um all of this
0: would have been uh nice to see in the movie i had no idea all of this like really important plot elements Mm -hmm. were just uploaded to youtube
1: yeah, and then they uh, and then we get to see Shaw's final fate is you know that she was dissected.
0: And, she like, was ki- she was flayed on the table. <laughs>
1: yeah. So um, even so, to go along with your point was saying like even if uh, Tennessee and Daniels are in that pod, David's on the ship and he's not afraid to kill people in their pods mm-hmm. and uh, you know experiment on them.
0: Yeah, but it 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 was kind of weird because it did kind of make the movie feel a little bit more kind of like. A horror movie or a scary movie, because because mm-hmm. that's kind of like the the iconic way to end those types of films, where at the very end you think that you think your hero's safe, and then ooh, right before the credits roll, you find out they're in mortal danger, and you're it's always left on a cliffhanger. That's usually how those scary movies work. So you know that I guess that kind of fit. You know if if uh, Ridley Scott was trying to maybe go back to the classic kind of like uh, thriller, sci-fi, horror mashup. Uh, mm-hmm. So maybe that ending did please some people. Um, but I, the the whole uh, surprise, I think, was pretty obvious. When you don't show um, the other android, the Southern Texas android or whatever his name was. Oh, um,
1: David and Walter.
0: Yeah, Walter. When you don't show Walter obviously killing David and you see him, the last basically thing you see is him looking at that knife. It's obvious that he's still alive and they look the same. I mean, I kind of saw that. Happening before it was even set up, you're like, oh, yeah. you have two characters that look identical. One of them's good. One of them's bad. There's obviously going to be a switch up well, moment at some well, point in this movie.
1: They they show Walter has the ability to regenerate himself, like his skin. Like after he was quote unquote killed by David the first time, mm-hmm. uh, with like the, when he takes the the recorder and shoves it through his neck, uh, and then he's like, you see his skin regenerating back. Um, mm-hmm. But then the the whenever Walter no, David. David, whoever <laughs> the bad one is, takes his David, place. Yeah. He, his skin on his face isn't healing. Mm-hmm. So I, that's what did it for me. I'm like, they telegraphed this like a, like 15 minutes before the movie ended.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it, it, it you could kind of just <laughs> see it coming, so that's not a big deal, but... Um, the thing. Okay, I'll go ahead and I'll talk about the things I liked about the movie because the, the like I said, the most of the stuff I want to talk about. I, was, I have so many questions, so I did kind of like the cool gore effects because it really made it feel like it was. I'm back in a rated R. Rated our adult movie. You know, we've seen chest bursters now in the original movies. So now we get to see like back bursters. We see mouth bursters. Um, we get to kind of see these aliens get really savage when they're kind of running through the grass a la Jurassic Park. And uh, they kind of, he whips that dude in the face with his tail. You know, there's cool parts in this movie. So, you know, they're having fun with the idea of these aliens kind of really being savage. Uh, one and, of them get basically and, like gets, like, punched in the face. <laughs> well, and they're exactly, like, they're not the normal
1: xenomorphs we're used to because David has been there experimenting on them.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: like, these little spores or whatever are creating aliens we've never seen who can do all this stuff. Because usually when they're born, they don't have their arms. They're just little snake dudes. So to see these come out like legs, arms, and tail, like oh, okay, they they can hold their own you know, against these guns or whatever. So,
0: uh-huh. so you know those parts are pretty cool, but you know they kind of fell into a little bit of the trappings of Prometheus, where basically these humans that are supposed to be scientists are pretty stupid. You know, why are there no better protocols when landing on a planet you've literally never scanned before or didn't even know was there? Like, really, you're going to walk around without helmets? You know, a lot of this catastrophe could have been averted if you just guys didn't breathe in these spores or let them fly into your ears, you know? (laughs) And then, like, it's really hard to believe that this giant Covenant ship that's carrying, what, like 2,000 people plus crew it's hard to imagine that they only have one lander for a planet. I was expecting from at least have two. Like they, they really are gonna let it all ride. Have on we one not lander's learned ability. anything <laughs> from the
1: Titanic? You need to have lifeboats.
0: Yeah, like there's got to be some sort of lifeboat there. So I was just kind of like, oh, whatever. I guess we just gotta, you know, let that pass. And uh, then, like, why couldn't they just wait for the storm to subside before they landed? Everyone was just such in a rush to colonize this planet. And, you know, obviously I could imagine a character who could be really impatient in doing that, but they never really set up this interim captain, that kind of a, um, ye of little faith guy. I couldn't just imagine him just rushing to the point. Cause he, he did seem very pragmatic at the very beginning of the movie. He was just like, Hey, guess what? We don't have time to mourn for our James Franco. You know, we need to get up on this stuff. We need to get it all fixed. Uh, we gotta be ready to go. We gotta say, we gotta keep all these people on this, on this ship safe. Then all of a sudden he's just like, Oh, mysterious planet yeah let's just go ahead and drop down on there let's just go take a look you know it's just so it's just like the whole conceit for them being on the planet is a little a little weird so uh you know this these are all the things that are keeping the movie from being kind of something more memorable and special
1: if i've learned anything i mean so the whole trailer puts like okay this is a crew made of couples all right Uh i didn't get that vibe hardly at all Uh, Mm -hmm. they didn't really build those relationships up enough to Mm -hmm. be like okay they are couples they're all married they're all whatever um, a bunch of people just kind of like the military people, the security people, just kind of died, mm-hmm. uh, pretty pretty quick. Um, but I mean, to me, I Yeah, I, I think that's another thing. If we've learned anything, what like I said, don't have uh, feelings towards people who are on the crew <laughs> because you're gonna make stupid decisions like flying your ship too close to a storm. Yeah, and all that. So, uh, yeah. To me, I mean, I think. One of like I enjoyed the Guy Pierce reprising his role at the beginning, opening up, um, watching the building of David, uh, so to speak.
0: That that is kind of I will, I just want to talk that about about that for a second because Prometheus was railed on a lot for Guy Pierce being an old guy makeup which didn't look good and it was really awkward for a young guy to be playing just an old man. You know, it's just like we could have just shown we you should have just cast an old guy. But then when you kind of get to see him basically de-aged a little bit in the sequel. I was like, okay, well, I kind of see maybe where Ridley Scott was going here. So mm-hmm. that was kind of interesting, but it still didn't save the, the the stuff that happened in Prometheus.
1: Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I so I'm we just got to push Prometheus off the table, Mike. We, we just got to get that out of <laughs> our heads. Because, cause, I mean, this one, I think, does try to make up for it. It's better. It's a more competent film. um, But I, I don't know. Again, to me, it's no longer about the aliens. Like, I wish it had been. But Mm -hmm. it it felt more like, okay, they should just call it Androids instead because (laughs) those are the scary people here.
0: Yeah, Android Covenant would have been the proper title. You do bring up a good point because the first four Alien movies were almost Ripley movies. Mm -hmm. Really, I mean, she was kind of the person that we could sympathize with in the movie. She was our human analog. We were rooting for her. She was very vulnerable. You know, she didn't have any like superpowers. She was just this badass chick trying to survive. And we really uh, – it was really an empathetic scenario, uh, just uh, one human up against, like, a, a, a beast that you don't really know anything about. So then when you kind of swap that person out to where now our familiar is Michael Fassbender because all the other humans just die off as soon as they kind of get a little bit of a character to them, uh, you know, how are we supposed to really invest in the movie? Yeah,
1: exactly. Like, I mean – they 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 showed that they were gonna kill off the the girl from the first one Elizabeth Shaw she's not our, she's not our character to hold on to, mm-hmm. um, they've now put uh Daniels in mortal peril we I, we don't think she's gonna make it to the next one, mm-hmm. um if she does I'll be like if she does due to like the ship crashing or burning or something, and kind of like the other alien movies did like mm. oh she woke up in a pod because it's Ripley. Uh, i'll be impressed but i mean the next one's got to back us up into alien one yes and And i think that
0: is a great jumping off point because now i really need to figure out what's going on here
1: (laughs) yeah so um you sent me a link to the timeline here and it shows quickly uh that the prometheus uh landed on the the first world in 2093 this takes place 10 supposed earth years later i guess 2103 Mm -hmm. And then we have to somehow – the next one will take place somewhere between 2103 and 2137.
0: Yeah, so – and who knows what's going to happen there because at the end of the movie they did make a point to say that uh, David's message uh, saying the crew died in like a solar flare would take like a year and a half to make it to Earth. So that does kind of seem convenient for, like, 2019 movie release for the next movie, if they're trying to space it out like that. I don't know if that year has been announced yet.
1: It's about three years, they said. So it'll be 2020.
0: Okay. So either way. uh, So what I want to talk about here is i gotta make sense of this movie and i gotta make sense of all these different types of aliens now because now there are so many different ways to make aliens you know if we go back to the roots of the alien franchise it was very very simple all we knew is that there was some sort of giant alien race out there that were really really tall you know basically commonly called like the space jockey we didn't even know what they looked like you know they were in that kind of organic space suit so we never even saw them but we just assumed that they were carrying around these egg type of aliens and we, for all we knew maybe that was them that could have been them in those eggs maybe that's uh like just part of them and when they put the suit on they look a little bit more human who knows uh maybe it could have been animals from their planet that were they were transporting um or you know uh, what we end up finding out is they're actually like kind of like bioengineered weapons that they sick on planets i guess but all we know is that the aliens are confined to one egg well as we go through like prometheus in this movie we found out there's tons of ways to skin a cat there's tons of different ways to make an alien you could uh, you could inhale a spore The spore could get underneath your skin through your ear. Some sort of porous area on your skin can make you into uh, an alien or an alien burst it out of you. There could be a face hugger that hugs your face and goes down your throat. That's a way to make an alien. You could drink like the black goo that David puts in that, that champagne or liquor in Prometheus. That's a way to make an alien, but technically, that's not how you make an alien because you have to have sex with somebody and impregnate them. That's how you make the alien. Cuz I believe the guy who drank the black goo in Prometheus um, in that drink, I think he just ended up like dying or like decomposing. Like they lit him on fire or something. So who knows if there was even an alien in him or if he was just going to be one of those zombies. So there's to- there's so many different ways that you can be impregnated by an alien. It it's just really confusing. And then I guess uh, David can also genetically engineer them, so he doesn't necessarily need a host. But then there's also people that are saying that in the Aliens movie, this is a James Cameron movie, uh, if an alien latches onto a dog, you can kind of have this dog xenomorph hybrid, and that's why they are running on all fours maybe in that movie. So it's just so crazy how much it's spiraled out that it's really hard to understand the rules kind of of these bad guys that the whole the whole franchise is named after you know so i'm gonna break it down for you
1: because i i've been looking into this either because i'm not precious on the alien franchise it doesn't matter to me mm-hmm. i didn't look, i didn't care about it growing up so what you get is this black goo this biochemical matter that reacts to living life and we were introduced to this in prometheus Mm -hmm. Um, they walk in and then there's these pods, but they're dry pods at the beginning of Prometheus. And then as the humans get closer, they start kind of like, it looks like they're condensating and melting
0: a little bit. Those were the, you're talking about those urn vases type things, right?
1: Yes. That had like the the black goo on top of it. Gotcha. That that David's messing with. Mm -hmm. So that is technically a, a substance, this biological weapon that mutates life. That that transforms them into these these creatures and, and and mutates things so in Prometheus there are these native little like look, kind of look like earthworms uh on the ground whenever they're walking over the planet mm-hmm. I don't know if you noticed they did a close up of the worms at one point <laughs> oh okay, <laughs> and then the black they and when the black goo m- melts out of the stuff because the humans open up the chamber, those little worms become the little space snake that goes down the guy's throat. Okay and ki- and kills him uh-huh uh, and so it's technically the alien itself is not an alien it's just this goo evolving based on whatever form it has touched last because it does take on the traits. So in uh later on the the black goo goes into Shaw's I guess husband boyfriend whatever. Uh-huh. And it starts evolving in him, and it creates like this little. It looks like a little bitty, like slender octopus-looking thing. So when he has, you know, sex with Shaw, it's passed on to her. He doesn't impregnate her with alien DNA. It's just passed into her, and that's why <laughs> that's where it
0: grows. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I guess. <laughs> I mean there's
1: no guessing this is this is this is facts Mike you don't have to accept it this is what's really happening
0: well the the one thing I really wanted to, to to zero in on because the cool thing I did like in the movie was how we did circle back around to the eggs and the face hugger it was kind of interesting to kind of see that scene I guess almost updated to kind of see it with like newer special effects and a higher budget we're like oh cool you know this is kind of what we want this is kind of the nostalgia portion where you get to go back to the old classic face hugger because you know like when he walked down into that uh, room very idiotically following David the evil android Uh, and he's just like yeah go ahead and look deep into that egg you know that was the dumbest thing ever but it was kind of cool to see the eggs again so I'm trying to figure out the freaking origins of these eggs now so it's stated that David was kind of engineering and splicing these so so did so did David create the egg out of basically nowhere is David the architect of the egg and does and if it's a face hugger, does does that mean that that was mutated from another life? Because if you said those snake things were made from like alien earthworms, does that mean this is like some sort of cave spider that so, he morphed into a face hugger?
1: So they evolved, like they, they they take on the the I guess these um squid looking face hugger deals that we kind of saw at the end of Prometheus. Um, he had Shaw's body there, and he experimented on that. The the black goo with the human DNA, and it created that facehugger and those eggs, is yeah. kind of where, where we're led led to that at.
0: Yeah, and then I guess if we're trying to connect this to Alien, I guess this is the big question is. <laughs> Is is David gonna f- create his basically magnum opus, and he is he gonna create the alien queen? Because that's kind of I guess where it's leading. Because the alien queen makes the eggs, like the whole eggs, like she lays them, and kind of the face hugger is the kind of start of the classic xenomorph. That we see in the Alien movies that we you know all grown to love because it's the uh, the iconic look. So I guess maybe that's where they're gonna lead to. But does that mean Michael Fassbender is coming back for the next Alien movie? And that does and does that mean it has to be we're following David again? So now like it, it is almost just like we've swapped out Ripley for for David,
1: right? And well, David is the villain more so than the hero. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, the thing with Alien is they find what you said the space jockey in the spaceship mm-hmm david didn't leave in that spaceship he left in a human spaceship mm-hmm. so we've got to figure out how to get the aliens spaceship to lv426
0: yeah so are we going to be getting kind of more interaction with the engineering race so is he going to like find another engineering planet and he's going to be like hey guys look at all these like humans i basically stole maybe i can Parlay these humans with you, and I can show you guys how to make a better alien. And uh, she nah. can poop, she can poop out eggs, and go ahead and throw that in a ship. And oh, how about accidentally crash on LV was like 426 four two four or what? And that just it just seems very convoluted to get to well, that point. Well, it's I just, mean, I really mean, you're crazy.
1: you're making it up as you go here because he doesn't want the eight engineers. He killed all the engineers on their home world. So if there are any out there, my guess is that. After a certain point, the alien or the robot who stayed behind, I believe it was um, Walt, Walter, uh-huh. will take one of those ships to maybe try to stop him and realize what he's done.
0: Maybe, but at the same time, so I'm trying to understand David's motivation for killing the, the engineers on that planet because they made it in the movie seem like he wanted revenge on the engineers because he was in love with Shaw. Because I guess he was trying to say like, oh, this is an android that's, you know, kind of evolved enough to feel love. So he loved this woman, but then it didn't really make any sense because he has a really strange version of love if he basically killed her. Because I guess and his real motivation was he wanted to create life. That was kind of what he wanted to do. He was just like, since I can't be alive, I'm going to create my own life. So I I guess like well, getting the engineers out of the way was part of that.
1: Well no, he it's not that. It's it's more of the whenever he he was created by Guy Pierce. That's the opening intros about. That you know, he's like, I created you, so you are, like you know, you're subservient to me. But David since he was the first one, he had more free thinking and he's like, Well, I'm gonna outlive you, so why should I serve you?
0: Yeah, so I guess he just he likes he loves killing and loves creating his own life, and then I was really confused. So just before we started recording this podcast, we were talking a little bit about the flashback scene when David does make it to the engineering planet, and he kills and he kills them all. Um, I thought that was kind of neat to see, just because I had no idea it was coming up. Uh, apparently, I guess if you watched TV spots or it's clips that they were putting online, you could have seen that coming up. Um, but I didn't. I didn't know that, so that was kind of cool. Uh, but. What didn't make any sense is when he drops all of those vases, you know, the biochemical black goo or whatever on the engineers, they start to die right away. And then correct me if I'm wrong, but xenomorphs are at least some sort of creature starting started to emerge out of the engineers, right?
1: Uh, It depends on the, 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 the black goo reacts differently Uh, Uh, because i feel
0: like because i feel like i saw that in that giant montage where everyone was running away and dying i swear i saw like tendrils and arms and limbs like like popping out of these engineers so i was under the impression that this planet was now just like full of xenomorphs all over the globe and that was not the case it was basically like a dead planet so i was like where all these xenomorphs go so if you put the black goo on a um, on a engineer, it doesn't become a xenomorph because we saw that happen at the end of Prometheus. Well, that wasn't that wasn't black
1: goo on that. He was infe- he was infected with the alien at that point, not the goo. Oh, man. It's so confusing. But, man. But, at <laughs> but at the beginning of Prometheus, he drank the 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 thing drank the goo and gave birth to life on the earth.
0: See, I thought so
1: the, I don't think the goo interacts the same with engineers as it does with. Every other life form. See,
0: but I was under the, I was almost under the impression that there's two different types of black goo. Almost now, like the thing that he drank at the beginning of Prometheus almost looked like some sort of weird, congelled, black tar, goopy stuff. And when he drank it, he basically decellularized and like seeded the planet with his DNA. I I guess I guess possibly it's the same black goo. I don't know. Basically, really, Scott's not making this easy. If I have to go find like timelines and explainer videos, and I have to like sit down on a mic and record my thoughts to get this movie settled, like that's not good storytelling. It, it it's interesting to a point to where you can sit down and dissect it, but this is not this is not simple. You know, this could be more streamlined.
1: Oh I mean, definitely could. I mean, I'm I I like Ridley Scott's world building. I like. The idea, like the the alien universe that it exists in, is is not cut and dry. There's not just this one creature that runs around. That that, that, that can be all sorts of things because it's life and it's evolving on its own terms as well. Uh, it, again, I, Prometheus to me, you know, I don't mind it. But once I started digging into like the deleted scenes and stuff that they they you know haven't really said, and some other, uh, I guess, some books, uh, that became much clearer. And this one, I think, is you know a step above that, but it still relies too much on that, I guess, Prometheus uh, <laughs> stuff that happens. So to me, I mean, it, it, I get it. Uh, I got a lot more once I realized that the black goo isn't just an alien. That's not what the aliens start up. That it's just evolving the life into whatever it needs. But whenever like it does attack the planet, they all disintegrate from it. And I think what you saw was the black goo attacking and disintegrating arms, not creating...
0: (laughs) Yeah, I guess. And then uh, I'm not going to make this spoiler cast any longer than it needs to be, but I think we could go on for even longer even talking about what the motivation of these engineers are supposed to be because apparently they are gods to us and they literally created us, which is something I never knew the Alien franchise would get to if you look at its humble beginnings of just humans trying to colonize other planets and just simple terraforming and mining. We started on a humble mining ship of just people trying to get paid Mm. and trying to get back to Earth, and then it spiraled out to this. Um, I think the only other thing I really wanted to talk about, which just kind of – kind of bugged me a little bit uh was when we finally got to see the iconic chest bursting scene happen again um i was kind of happy to see part of that was practical like when they were showing that captain his shirt moving up and down it really looked like a practical effect not just like you know cg moving his shirt around with a cloth simulation or something like that Um, but it really bugged me that when the chest burster came out it wasn't that iconic larval kind of chest burster with the hand, it was literally looked like they took a xenomorph in Photoshop, scaled him down, and just placed him on top of his chest. I was just like, oh, come on. This would have been an awesome chance to hearken back to the larval kind of alien that we saw burst out in the first movie. And the really cool... The really kind of cool part about it would have been that they could have made it look kind of cool because I mean it looks kind of goofy in the original movie because it literally looks like something molded on the end of a stick you know it just kind of looks like someone's wiggling a broom underneath the table to make it move and I was like oh that kind of could have been a cool opportunity to show like maybe what it could have looked like with full CG but no they just have this really just tiny looking xenomorph with these like super microscopic sharp teeth and he's just like and I was just like oh god that just looked really bad, so I was just like, "Ah, oh, you you had me at this chest bursting scene" until I actually saw what came out. So, well, that but was then kind of they
1: wouldn't have the room for the next one. Like you'd already have your <laughs> your connection to Alien there. Uh, so this is this is David's again, his masterpiece. He was able to create these aliens, and then when they were killed at the end, he was like disenfranchised until he realized he had a ship of two thousand people to yeah, experiment on again in two two small larval forms. So it's gonna evolve we're going to see more evolutions um probably going forward these were called what neo neomorphs i i have the, no idea <laughs> the white the white faced ones at the beginning were
0: neomorphs that had like the like
1: a, like, it, their face was like had the long back pointy head. But they had like a hole for a mouth.
0: Yeah. Th- those were pretty cool. Like, totally like, I, like I said, like I enjoyed kind of the, the design overall of these new aliens. It was kind of cool. There were some creepy, scary parts. Uh, you know. Like,
1: I I have it, to say I include
0: I enjoyed the inclusion of alien vision to see what they look like for once. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of interesting. We There was also a cool like little shot where David was following the xenomorph around the ship. Through the monitors, and there was a kind of cool scene where it ran up to the ladder, and then it walked down the ladder upside down. I was like, "Oh, that's kind of cool," because we never really got to see the alien traverse through the ship before. So, you know, there is there's some there's some cool nifty additions to the alien universe. There's some bad additions to the universe. There's some confusing additions. There's more dumb humans. There's more throwaway humans. There's kind of some cool alien stuff going on here. So overall, this is a very strange addition to a franchise that we really weren't too invested in. So I guess if anybody out there really invested in the Alien franchise knows it like the back of their hand, I'd be really curious what you thought about this movie because we're just kind of commoners coming to this. I don't think anybody should consider us authorities on the Alien franchise. But when it comes to uh, kind of uh, blockbuster summer movies, uh, this is technically in that category now because, it, you know, it came out like literally a week ago. Before I guess officially summer starts on the calendar, Memorial Day, so uh, uh, they'll be they'll be competing with uh, Pirates next weekend. So yeah, this, they, this, I, is, it. I, Th- this they, is the they... only weekend it has. <laughs> yeah, so uh, this might spell maybe possible troubles for a, a next Alien movie. Maybe they're going to have to shoot for maybe something even more dark and more gruesome, and maybe put it out in February or something.
1: I mean, it it, it, it tops Guardians this weekend, so I mean, it's it's at the top of the the thing. So I don't see it having any issues. If you're like, oh, really? Scott got a number one uh, release again for a week. Uh, Will it break records? Probably not. But I think I think we're gonna get one more from him, uh, and then that'll be it. He'll have his two. Yeah, well, the first one's not really a trilogy. It's what the quadrilogy is what they (laughs) label it as. (laughs) If you want to watch, if you want to watch three or four, so uh, yeah.
0: I, they're gonna ha- they're gonna have to work on uh, that uh, expanding what that Blade Runner universe now. Ridley Scott's a busy man; he's got a lot of uh, spiraling out to do. <laughs>
1: no, he's not. He's I mean, he's not even touching Blade Runner, so uh, that's cool. He, so it's fine. We're good. So yeah, that's Alien. Uh, we saw it. Uh, I didn't hate it. I mean, I'm not gonna go back and watch again. Forgetful, forgettable. <laughs> that's what I would call it. So, uh,
0: any any last words for you, Mike? nope that's that's it for me guys uh i i think i could recommend this to somebody if they have any sort of interest in the alien franchise but you could you could wait until this comes out on digital or on demand. this not necessarily a must-see summer movie just go see guardians again
1: <laughs> yeah i didn't get any benefit from seeing it in the theater uh, that i would wouldn't have gotten at home so we'll go with that uh, people want to learn more about what you're doing this summer, Mike, where can they find you at?
0: Well, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Twitter and Instagram, and you can read my webcomics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, what about you? You're a busy man, especially during the summer. Where can they find out what you're doing? Yeah,
1: uh, follow me on Twitter at Valdan, V A L D A N, or uh, check out Comic UI or Filmside Chats. So, uh, in the meantime, uh, this is a spoiler cast. People want to know about our regular new show and they want to listen to that. Where can they find that, that kind of stuff out?
0: Well, they can always visit superhero slate.com. That is the best place to find all the avenues we host the show and show notes. So when you check in on our uh, news episodes, we talk about a lot of cool stuff. Check out those links there. So you can find us on iTunes, YouTube, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Tumblr. You can subscribe and get us right in your email inbox every week. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to pick up a cool Superhero Slate shirt, which I'm actually wearing right now, uh, you can find that at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. If you're a fan of the show, please consider leaving us a review wherever you listen to the show. That's really awesome, super helpful, probably one of the best things you can do if you like the show. Uh, just drop us a review, uh, you know, interact with us, leave us a comment, a like. We read all of them, and we love all that feedback, and if you are if you want to be a super fan of the show, all you got to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, and we will be here every week. Bam, there you go. Awesome.
1: Cool. Well, we're about to go record our regular show, so check that out afterwards. We'll catch you guys later.
0: All right. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe! We love TV and movies and super. Oh, god damn it. Fuck.